What's up, everybody? It is midweek, Vibrant Church. Come on. We're going to have a great time tonight. I'm so glad you're logged in. Hey, I want you to do something for me. Go ahead and share this live broadcast. Share this right now on your page. Invite people to come join in tonight. I've got a word from the Lord specifically for the times that we're in, and I can't wait to dig into it with you. But I hope you're having a great week. I hope you've sensed that God is, in fact, still on the throne and all the things that are going on in our world right now. We have the hope and the peace that he is on the throne. I'm so glad you're joining us. Uh, open up your heart tonight. It's going to be awesome. Hey, let me give you a couple of updates real quick on some cool things that are happening. As many of you know, our Giving Hope Outreach is coming up in early December. This is our Christmas outreach we do every year. This is a time we turn our church into a literal shopping mall uh, with all, I mean, all the trimmings. It's a gorgeous thing. And we connect with families in our city who are experiencing a very difficult time right now, who really, their children would probably not have Christmas if it were not for giving hope, we turn our church into a shopping mall and we serve these families. They'll be coming in by the dozens on the day of giving hope. And we, we serve them. We take them through our shopping mall and we allow them to pick out things for their kids. And, and all of it's made possible because of your donations and because of your help. And I want to encourage you, if you want more information on how to participate with Giving Hope or how to be a part, we also have opportunities for you to serve that day. So many of you are wanting to serve that day and be a part of it because it is so much fun. I mean, when you see the faces of people who are coming in, I mean, literally people will, will, will just cry. And at the end of it, we take, before they even go into the shopping mall part of the outreach, we actually have a moment where we have, we spend time with them as a, in groups and we present a little short uh, message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Last year, you'd be amazed how many of them came to Christ. And so it's such a powerful day. And here's the deal. We are trying to make them as parents the heroes to their kids at Christmas because we don't want them, their kids to know that, that Vibrant Church was even involved. We want the parent to be the hero. If you want more information about Giving Hope or how to be a part of the actual day and help on a serve team, you can go to vibrantchurch.com slash outreach and it will take you there and you can actually see it. The address is on your screen right now. Uh, you can go to that website address. It'll give you information about Giving Hope. Hey, be a part of it. It's going to be an awesome, awesome outreach that we do. We do it every year. It's going to be phenomenal. God's going to change lives. And don't miss, listen, don't miss this Sunday here at Vibrant Church. Come on, at the movies is happening this Sunday at Vibrant Church. This is one of the most funnest Amazing things that we do every year is at the movies. We're actually taking blockbuster films and showing these films and tying spiritual truth to them. And we're going to have a lot of surprises starting this Sunday. You'll see a lot of surprises in our lobbies and all kinds of things that we're doing. There's going to be free popcorn and soda for everybody while church is happening. Oh yes, we're going to have fun. It's going to be awesome. But let me just tell you, this is one of the most evangelistic things that we do as a church. You would be amazed how many people respond to Jesus 
during at the movies than most things that we do all year. So I want to encourage you not only to be here, but don't be here alone. Come on, bring somebody with you. Come on, call somebody, invite somebody, ping somebody, text somebody, go drag somebody out. Bring, invite, come on, bring somebody with you this Sunday as we launch at the movies. It's going to be an amazing time. Uh, live 9.45 a.m. and 11.30 a.m. And as you hear me say all the time, online is great and we're going to continue to do that without a doubt. That is a priority that we provide online ministry, but it is not the same as being in the building. So I want to encourage you, come on out. So many people are starting to trickle back into church. Hey, step out in faith. We have all the safety precautions here to, to help you feel safe during the climate that we're in. But step out and be back with God's people, man. There's nothing like being in his presence with his people. At the movies this Sunday, it's going to be amazing. And I want to take an opportunity again to thank you, church, for being such a giving church, for being a generous church. You know, we talked about uh, in our last part of our series this past Sunday about how to make, make it count, to make your finances count to use the, the, your resources as a seed. And God has a lot to say in his word about seed and about sowing and reaping. And we talked about it this past Sunday. And I just want to thank you for taking your seed and planting it into good soil. I believe wholeheartedly Vibrant Church is some good soil to plant your seeds in and watch them grow and not only impact others for Jesus, but also that God would bless you abundantly, the harvest that you receive back from him. How many believe you cannot outgive God? You just can't do it. And so I want to thank you, church, for being faithful in that. And I want to invite you to participate even tonight, to participate with either returning the tithe to God or to bring an offering and to give an offering for his kingdom tonight. You can do so a couple of ways. You can go to vibrantchurch.com giving and there you'll have some secure steps to take you through to participate. Or you can do what most people do, and that is that we text to give. Most of our church text to give. You can actually text the word vibrant to 77977, and it'll take you through a couple of secure steps, and you can partner with us that way as we continue to reach more people for Jesus. And don't forget, as you heard me say this last Sunday, if you were logged on or you were in person, I talked to you about this amazing opportunity we have this Christmas, December the 12th, mark it on your calendar, that is a day that we are going to come together in unity as a church, whether you're online or in person, and we're going to give and, and, and we're going to sow into God's work through a special Christmas blessing offering. And as I told you, there are many ministries locally in our area. There are um, church planting opportunities that we're partnered with in our nation. There are outreach centers in our nation as well in some of our inner cities. And there are foreign missions opportunities on the front lines of the gospel around the world that we want to partner with because during this season of crisis and pandemic that we've been in, our help and support on these incredible efforts to change lives is needed now more than ever. And so that Sunday, I'm, listen, I'm so giddy about December 12th, our Christmas blessing offering. I want you to pray and I want you to prepare now. I'm giving you a little over a month to just seek God and ask him, Lord, above my regular giving, this is above your regular giving. This is not your tithe. Above your regular giving, beyond that, Lord, what would you have me? How would you have me participate? And I don't want you to do 
what we want you to do. I want you to do whatever, whatever God tells you to do. But that day, would you partner with us? It's Jesus's birthday. It's Christmas. Let's bring him a gift, this one-time special offering. And I, I give you my word, if we all participate, now all of our participation is going to be different, but if we all participate at different levels, because it's not about equal giving, it's about equal sacrifice. But if we, I want 100% participation. I'm praying for that. I promise you this, if you step up church with me and Rachel and join us as we give in this offering, I guarantee you 100% of every bit of those resources is going to go to ministries and to organizations that are Christ-centered on the front lines of the gospel. We are going to touch so many people's lives as a surprise this Christmas for a lot of these amazing people that are getting it done for the cause of Christ. So, hey, be leaning in, Christmas blessing offering, seek God about it, do whatever he tells you to do. But thank you for being a part. You'll hear more about our Christmas blessing offering in the weeks to come. But thank you for giving tonight as well and being faithful to return the tithe and to give offerings beyond that. It is in good soil and God will change lives because of it. All right. I want you to get your note sheet ready. We're about to jump into the word of God. The host in the chat box should have already dropped a link by now for you to download the note sheet. You're going to want to lean into this tonight. I've got a word about the times that we're living in. Get your note sheet ready and let's get into God's word together. Well, I hope you got your note sheet ready. And if you got your Bible, we're going to be in Psalm chapter 121 tonight. Psalm chapter 121. And I want to preface as I jump into this word tonight. I've got, this is so full in me. I can't wait to give it to you. But man, the times that we're in right now, come on, are we in some crazy times or what? How many of you just want a refund on 2020? I mean, just let's cash it in and refund it, man. It's been a crazy year to say the least. I mean, with pandemics and social unrest and political turmoil. And, and now we've just come out of a very tumultuous election season. And man, and here we are in the middle of post-election hangover where we are in a divided country politically. And there are a lot of emotions running high, even in the, in the political sphere of our culture. And it's just been wild. And now we have, uh, we're dealing with an election that we're, you know, there is a presumptive winner and then there's some contest that's going on with that and so we're all just kind of still in limbo where's our country going what's going to happen and I don't know about you but man I am just fatigued how many of you believe that this stuff just wears on you come on are you identifying with this it just wears on you emotionally it wears on you physically it just all of this stuff just it's just kind of heavy and that's what I've been sensing as I've talked to a lot of people, that there's just like this heaviness, this, this, this cultural fatigue that I sense on people's lives. And I've got a word from the Lord tonight that I pray that will really touch and change your life. If you lean into this and open up your heart to it, because I really believe that none of what's happening in our culture right now changes who God is. Come on, somebody. Nothing changes the fact that God is still on the throne. 
I don't know about you, but I've even found myself listening to more and more worship music over the last nine months. How many of you can relate to that? Just like, man, I've, I listen to worship music anyway, but man, I have really, over the last nine months, listened to more worship music than anything else. Just, just to keep myself straight, y'all. Just to keep myself centered and, and to keep my spirit right and my mind right. Isn't it interesting how, as human beings, God wired us with a built-in natural pull toward music in times of uncertainty. Isn't it interesting that we as human beings, there is an inerrant pull that God put in us. We are pulled to music in times of stress, in times of fear, in times of instability or, or chaos or anxiety. I'm firmly convinced that God loves music. And he must love music because the longest and largest book in the Bible is actually a hymn book. It's a book full of songs called the Psalms. And it shouldn't surprise us that music has been called the universal language because music speaks to every culture and every creed and every color. And I believe with all of my heart that the most beautiful songs ever written in the world are these songs that we find in scripture called Psalms. When you read the Psalms, you discover that there's literally a song for almost any situation. There are songs there for all of my yesterdays. There are songs there for my today. There are songs there for all of my tomorrows. But tonight, I want to give you a song for any day. A song for any day of your life, especially for the days that we're living in right now. And just know on the outset of this that I'm not giving you some super deep word tonight, okay? If you logged on and you're looking for some mind-bending biblical revelation, I'm not giving that to you tonight, okay? I'm not trying to strain your brain tonight because how many of you believe that your brain's been strained enough lately with all the stuff that's going on in our world. I believe the word that God gave me for tonight is a very simple word, but I believe a very powerful word of encouragement for a very complex time that we're living in. This is a word tonight that I believe will lift your faith, will strengthen your hope, and will fuel your spirit. How many of you just need a faith lift tonight? Come on, put a hand up in the chat box. Say, yes, give me a faith lift. My goal tonight is that your faith faith would be lifted, your hope would be strengthened, and that you would log off these next few minutes and that you would log off tonight feeling a hundred pounds lighter in your spirit than you might feel right now. I want to give you a song for any day, but let me begin by asking you a question. Would you say tonight that you are more of an optimist or you are more of a pessimist. Come on, if you're an optimist, type optimist in the chat box right now. If you're more of a pessimist, be honest. Say, I'm more of a pessimist. I, and type it in the chat box. Some of you pessimists ain't typing nothing because you're so pessimistic. You're like, I ain't doing nothing he says. <laughs> Whatever. But just type it out. Be honest. Are you more of an optimist or are you more of a pessimist? I, in fact, I heard about an optimist that was talking to a pessimist. And he said, isn't this a beautiful sunny day? And the pessimist said, well, it may be. But if this heat spell don't stop very soon, all my grass going to burn up. And two days later, the optimist said to the pessimist, isn't this rain wonderful? And the pessimist said, well, if it don't stop raining, my garden's going to wash away. <laughs> the next day, the optimist invited the pessimist to go duck hunting. And the optimist, he had just bought this brand new registered hunting dog. And he said, hey, man, I want you to keep your eye on my new hunting dog. He can do things no other dog can do. 
the pessimist through the dog and said, well, he just like, looks like an old stupid dog to me. Well, at that moment, a flock of ducks flew over and the optimist shot one of the ducks and it fell right in the middle of the lake. And he snapped his fingers and his new hunting dog ran after the duck. And amazingly, the dog ran on top of the water. He ran on top of the water to the middle of the lake, picked the duck up in his mouth and ran back on top of the water. And the optimist took the duck from the dog's mouth and he turned to the pessimist and said, what do you think about my dog now? And the pessimist said, told you he was just a stupid old dog and can't even swim. <laughs> Listen, we don't know who wrote this song in Psalm 121, but whoever wrote it, he was definitely an optimist. And he gives us three stanzas in this song that carry a powerful message for any day of your life, especially for the days that we're living in right now. Doesn't matter what situation you're in, doesn't matter what circumstance you find yourself in tonight, he gives us some amazing encouragement in this chapter. If you're feeling helpless and need help, if you're feeling hopeless and need hope, in this Psalm, we find three pillars on which we can build the foundation of our life that will stand against any storm. Let me give you pillar number one. Fill this out in your notes real quick. Write this down. Number one, when I'm in need, the Lord is my provider. When I'm in need, it's a pillar of your life. When I'm in need, the Lord is my provider. It's interesting because the psalmist did what all of us tend to do when we're in trouble. He looked every place but the right place. He tried everything but the right thing. He asked every person but the right person. He found every avenue a dead-end street. Look, Psalm 121, beginning in verse 1. I like how the Message Bible says it. The psalmist says, I look up to the mountains. Does my strength come from the mountains? No, my strength comes from God who made heaven and earth and the mountains. I believe that there's one thing that's common to all of us, and that is we all have problems. Come on, how many of you know we all have problems? In fact, if you don't believe you have any problems, that's your problem right there. Come on, how many believe we all have problems? Our home faces problems. Our workplace faces problems. The church faces problems. Our government for show faces some problems. Our economy has problems. Sometimes the nation has problems. And we've seen this on a front row view all 2020 we've been looking at it. And I'm convinced that all too often we look to all the wrong places for the solution to the problems. Come on, somebody. Do you hear what I'm saying? We think that if we have a great economy, it'll solve all of our problems, but it won't. We think if we can just put a certain president in office, it'll solve all the problems, but it won't. We just think if we can get a new Congress in, uh, in the office, that it's going to solve the problem, but it won't. It, it, it won't solve all of our problems. I believe the reason why people never solve their problems is because all too often they look to the wrong place for the right solution. Listen again to verse 2 in the New American Standard Bible. It says, the psalmist said, my help comes from the Lord. My help comes from the Lord who made heaven 
and earth. Can you imagine anyone you would rather have as your helper than the God who created this universe? I mean, I want you to think about a God who is higher than the hills, a God who is mightier than the mountains, a God who is above all the armies, a God who is greater than all the heads of every nation. Why do you think the psalmist refers to the God who created everything? Because the God who created everything also controls everything. And aren't you glad tonight that the God who controls everything can help you no matter what your need might be in your life? Come on, say good amen. I love what the prophet Jeremiah said about God. In Jeremiah 32 and verse 17, look what he said. He said, ah, Lord God, behold, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and by your outstretched arm. Never forget that the God who created this world and controls this world can do anything in this world and through this world and for this world or with this world that he chooses to do. That's the God we serve. In fact, in Psalm 115 and verse three, the psalmist says, but our God is in the heavens. Watch this now. And he does whatever he pleases. God does whatever he pleases. Do you know what that is? That's called the sovereignty of God. Oh, friends, I like the sovereignty of God. Do you know what the sovereignty of God means? It means that God does what he wants, when he wants, with who he wants, and where he wants. He don't ask nobody. He don't check with nobody. He don't apologize to nobody. He don't warn nobody. God ain't no kitty cat. He's a lion. You can't domesticate God. God's not here for us to tame him, to run around, do whatever we want him to do. God is sovereign. He is large and in charge. God does what he wants, when he wants, how he wants, without checking with no one. God is sovereign. He raises one up and he sets another one down. When he can't find no one else to swear by, he swears by himself. He said, I'll check with myself. Come on, there's some things that God holds within his own counsel that don't nobody understand but God. God said, my ways are not your ways. My thoughts are not your thoughts. There's some things I'm gonna do that ain't nobody ever gonna figure out because I'm God. Come on, God is sovereign. You know what that means? It means you can't vote God out every four years because you don't like his policies. He is large and in charge. He is sovereign. David said he does whatever he pleases. And so whether you're in a time of trouble, y'all better hear me tonight, whether you're in a time of trouble or whether you're in a time of tragedy, come on, how many of you believe that God is your hope? He is your hope. I'm telling you, if you would only realize how powerful and mighty our God is, we would understand that when God is the only hope we have, he is the only help that we need. In fact, the next time you're in need, I just want you to think, listen, I just want you to think about next time you're in need, just think about one single bolt of lightning. And you may say, well, why in the world would I think about a single bolt of lightning? Because the lightning flash that you see bolting across the sky is caused by that lightning heating up the air molecules in its path to 30,000 degrees Celsius, five times the temperature of the sun's surface. And understand, that bolt of lightning is only about two inches wide. And you can only see it for 300, 300 millionths of a second. But did you know that there can be up to 40 strokes in that same channel of lightning. Think about the power of that one lightning bolt. 
It may have up to one billion volts in it, a thousand kilowatts of power. To put that in context, a normal house current is either 110 or 220 volts. And the amount of power used by one household is about a thousand kilowatts of power. In other words, watch, if we could harness the power of one single lightning bolt, we could supply power to one billion homes for a whole month. Now, when you add that to the fact that approximately 2,000 thunderstorms are happening around the world at any one time, and a typical thunderstorm has one to three lightning flashes every minute, I mean, you talking about some power. And the God that I'm talking about that can help you controls all of that power. Are you hearing me tonight? This is why the psalmist goes on to say in verse three, he will not allow your foot to slip. You know what that means? God won't allow you to fall flat on your face and be destroyed. God will meet every need that you have. One of the greatest promises in God's word is found in Proverbs chapter three and verse 25 and 26. Scripture says, do not be afraid of sudden fear, nor of the onslaught of the wicked when it comes. Watch this. For the Lord will be your confidence and he will keep your foot from being caught. You see, when you stand with God, you can stand against anything. If you really believe that, man, it ought, it ought to bring peace to your heart tonight. Watch what he says in verse three and four of Psalm 121. He says, he who keeps you, this is so important. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. Now, I want you to think about that. There's not a parent on earth that's watching me right now. There's not a parent anywhere on earth that can watch their children 24 hours a day. Why? Because A, if we had to watch them 24 hours a day, we'd probably kill them. And B, because we as parents, we have to sleep. But aren't you glad tonight that God never sleeps? Do you know what that means? God is on watch 24-7, 365, 52 weeks a year, 100 years out of every century, 10 centuries out of every millennium. The reason you should sleep in peace tonight, no matter how deep your need may be, is because God doesn't sleep. Come on, that's good news, my friend. But you know, back in the days of World War II, when the Germans were bombing London all night, every night, there was a particularly devastating bombing that happened in a certain city, and the citizens began to search among the ruins for the dead or the dying or the missing. And there was a godly old grandmother they couldn't find. They looked everywhere for her, and someone finally found her. Listen, they finally found her soundly asleep in her little bedroom. And they came in and said, Mrs. Smith! How on earth could you sleep with all that bombing going on? You know what she said? She said, well, the Bible says that he who keeps Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. So I just figured there was no need for both of us to stay up all night. So I just went to bed. Come on, that's the kind of spirit that we ought to have knowing that the Lord is our provider. You need to know that. I want you to get that in your heart. It's not, a, it's not a deep word. It's not a complicated word tonight, but it's an encouragement of scripture. No matter what your need is, the Lord is your provider. Here's the second pillar of this song for any day. And write this down. When I'm in trouble, the Lord is my protector. When I'm in trouble, 
I can count on the Lord who is my protector. Going back to Psalm 121, if you look at verse 5, here's what the psalmist says. The Lord is your keeper. Come on, somebody type the word keeper in the chat box. Keeper, he is my keeper. Do you know that word keep is used six different times in this psalm? And it literally means to protect. It means to guard. Listen how God guards us. He goes on to say in verse five, the Lord is your keeper. Watch this, this is important. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. He is your shade. This is so good. He says specifically that the Lord is your shade on our right hand. But why why the right hand? Why the right side? Well, you have to understand in ancient days, A soldier had two primary weapons. He had a shield and he had a sword. His most valued weapon was his shield because that was his only defense. And the shield was always held in the left hand, watch this, which means the most vulnerable part of the soldier was his right side. Oh, I hope you get this tonight. So watch, the psalmist is telling us that God positions himself in our life at our most vulnerable place. Come on, aren't you glad that God always puts his strength at our greatest point of weakness? He positions himself So he can defend us no matter where the attack comes from. You may not see it, but I'm telling you, God is a shield to you every time you walk outside your front door. In Psalm 18 and verse 30, it says that he is a shield to all who take refuge in him. But there's another reason why God is called the shade on our right hand. Look at what what he says in Psalm 121. Let's go back to it. Verse six, he says, the sun will not smite you by day, nor the moon by night. Now, the reason he refers to the sun is because why? The sun gives off heat. Come on, how many of you know, sometimes we all face heat in our life. Sometimes it gets hot in the kitchen of life. But the good news is God never allows you to get to to the point where you can't take the heat. Why? Because God is our shade. Oh, that's good news. He protects us from the burning heat and the blazing light of every fiery trial that comes our way. The reason why he mentions both the sun and the moon is simply this, that whether, you're in, whether your life is in the daytime or whether your life is in the nighttime, God is protecting you. In the blazing light of the sun or in the night light of the moon, the Lord is our shade, protecting us from the heat. And the Lord is our shield, protecting us from the hurt. The point is, God takes care of his children. I don't know if any of you remember the radio icon, Paul Harvey. I used to love listening to to Paul Harvey's rest of the story. If you remember, he used to say, and that was the rest of the story. Paul Harvey's the rest of the story. It was one of the most amazing pieces of of radio brilliance ever in history. Paul Harvey once told one of the most remarkably fascinating true stories I've ever heard in my life. It also goes back to World War II. There was a B-29 bomber that took off from the island of Guam, headed for Kokura, Japan. It was on a bombing mission. And when it got to its primary target, it circled above this gigantic cloud 
that covered the target for half an hour and then three-fourths of an hour and then 55 minutes until the plane's fuel supply began to dwindle to a very dangerous point. Well, they didn't want to pass up the primary target, but they felt they had no choice. So with one more look back, they decided to look for their secondary target where they unleashed a terrible bomb. Weeks later, an officer received information from military intelligence that sent a chill down his spine. To his shock, to his amazement, thousands of allied prisoners of war, the largest concentration of Americans in enemy hands, had been moved to Kokura, Japan, a week before the suspended bombing. That city, which they were supposed to bomb, listen, was a prison camp filled with allied soldiers. Had they bombed it, thousands of Americans would have died, except for that one single solitary cloud that shaded both the sun and the plane from its target. What's even more fascinating is this, the secondary target that day was Nagasaki. And that bomb was the world's second atomic bomb. You see, we understand that Satan and this world seek to drop their destructive bombs of doubt and discouragement and depression and despair and disappointment on you and I every single day. But the good news is that scripture says God is our shade and God is our shield and we are promised his protection. Can you say a good amen, everybody? You see, when I'm in need, the Lord is my provider. That's good news in the times we're living in. And when I'm in trouble, come on, the Lord is my protector. But here's the third thing I want you to get tonight. Write this down. When I'm in temptation, the Lord is my preserver. When I'm in temptation, the Lord is my preserver. I mean, let's be honest. We all face temptations of all kinds, of all different kinds. We're all tempted to not do what we ought to do and to do what we ought not to do. And that's why we go on to read in Psalm 121, verses 7 and 8. The psalmist said, the Lord will, watch this, he will protect you from all evil. He will keep your soul. The Lord will guard your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forever. So he says, the Lord will protect you. Somebody type in protect in the chat box. He, he, he will protect you. Did you know that word protect is the same word that's translated as keep in other parts of this psalm? It can also mean preserve. You need to know that when the enemy is fighting to deteriorate your life and decay your mind and degrade your emotions, come on, be encouraged. The Lord preserves you. In fact, he preserves you two different ways. Write this down. In verse 7, it tells us that he preserves us from all evil. The word evil here in the Hebrew language doesn't refer to the evil that's done to us. Watch this. It refers to evil that is done by us. But the good news is that God promises that if we follow him and we love him and we serve him and we obey him, not only will he not lead us into temptation, but he promises to deliver us from evil. I hope you're getting this tonight because that's exactly what Jesus told us to pray for in the Lord's prayer. You remember what he said? He said to pray this way, lead us not into temptation, but what? Deliver us 
from all evil. I've got great news for you tonight. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, there's not a sin on this planet that you cannot defeat if you're determined not to let it get to you. There's no sin that, that can defeat you if you're determined not to let it. Not by your might, not by your power. Come on, it's by the power of God's Spirit. And God not only preserves us from all evil, write this down, because it says in verse 8, He also preserves us for all eternity. He preserves us for all eternity. In verse 8, let's look at it. He says, The Lord will guard your going out. And you're coming in from this time forth and forever. If you believe even for a moment, listen to me. If you believe even for a moment that every time you sin, you can lose your salvation, then you can't believe this verse right here. It's as plain as can be. The Lord will guard your going out and he will guard your coming in from this time forth and forever. He will guard you. I really want you to get this. God will guard you. When you go out, God guards you. When you come in, God guards you. At every place, God guards you. And from this time forth and forever, he guards you for all time. Can I give you some of the best news you'll ever hear in your life? Even when you are not faithful to God, God is always faithful to you. Whew. That ought to make somebody shout right now. You ought to be throwing up some, some hand emoji, some hands up, some fire, some clap emojis. You have, hey, when you're not faithful to God, isn't it good news to know that he's always faithful to you? In fact, I heard about a college student that was talking to the star of the football team, and he said, hey, how are you and your girlfriend doing? And the guy said, well, we're doing terrible, man. She told me last night that she's going to be faithful to the end. He said, well, what's wrong with that? He said, I'm the quarterback, not the end. <laughs> Some of you get it later. Anyway, I just want to encourage you tonight that our God will not only be faithful to the end, but you need to know he will be faithful beyond the end. When you feel like you're at the end of your rope, when you feel like you come to a dead end, when you feel like your enemy is going to overtake you, whether your enemy is disease or disappointment or discouragement, you just remember who your God is and what your God can do. Come on, how many believe? He is faithful. He is a faithful God. He is faithful to preserve you from evil and to preserve you for all of eternity. Amen. You know, many years ago, there was a Christian in Africa named Frederick Nolan. And he was being pursued by some violent people of another religion because of his stand for the gospel. He was fleeing from his enemies and, and they pursued him over every hill and every valley and he couldn't find any place to hide. And soon, he just fell into a cave completely exhausted, expecting his enemies to find him at any moment. And while he was lying there, waiting for his certain death, he saw a spider drop down from the ceiling of that cave and begin to weave a web around the mouth of that cave. And within minutes, that little spider had woven a beautiful web around the mouth of that cave. And when his enemies finally caught up to him and arrived at that cave, they stood there inspecting it, wondering if Nolan was hiding in there. But when they saw that unbroken, unmangled spider's web, they thought it was impossible that he entered that cave without dismantling the web. And so they just kept on going. 
And when he realized that he had escaped certain death, Nolan wrote down these words. He said, where God is, a spider's web is like a wall. And where God is not, a wall is like a spider's web. I just want to encourage you tonight. When people abandon you, just remember God is your provider. When your enemies begin to attack you, just remember God is your protector. When the evil one's trying to take you out, just remember God is your preserver. How many believe that is a song you can sing any day of your life? I hope you've received this tonight. I hope this has been an encouraging word to your heart during these crazy, tumultuous, exhausting, fatiguing times, sometimes confusing times that we're living in right now. I hope you realize, as the psalmist said, he said, is my help in the mountains? I looked to the mountains, was my help there? No, no, no. In other words, my help, my hope, my hope is not in anything in this world. My hope isn't in the government, it's not in politics, it's not in the economy, it's not in the military, it's not in the bank account, it's not in my popularity, it's not in my business, it's not in my career, it's not in my boss. My hope is not in anything in this world. The psalmist said, my hope is in the Lord who created heaven and earth. Because the God who created it is in control of all of it. And that's the God that can help you in every situation of your life. Let me pray with you. Father, I thank you for your word tonight. Lord, I just pray that those who logged in tonight that may be feeling heaviness, just feeling just fatigued and exhausted emotionally, mentally, maybe even physically or spiritually, relationally, whatever it is because of the, the, the times we're living in are just are so tense and so stressful and so uncertain and so unstable. God, I pray that your word was sent forth tonight and, and that it did what you purposed it to do. I, I pray that people's hearts would be lifted, that, that the weight would just lift, the burden would just lift. Why? Not, be, not because everything on the outside has changed, just because our focus has changed. We're not going to focus on what we see on the news. We're not going to focus on what's being said on social media. We're not going to focus on what our friends say or what's happening around us. No, no, no. My hope's not in the mountains. My hope is in the one who created heaven and earth. God, I thank you tonight. You are our provider, not this earth. You are our protector and you are our preserver. Keep us in your perfect peace tonight. In Jesus' name, I pray. Can somebody say amen tonight? Amen and amen and amen. Hey, we're praying for you, church, and we love you. Hope you receive the word of God tonight. I'm praying you have a fantastic rest of your week. And I pray God be with you and that you sense his presence in a powerful way. Don't forget, we'll see you this Sunday, Vibrant Church, for At The Movies. It's going down. Don't miss it, 945 and 1130. Can't wait to see you. God bless you.